With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Quite bored, I think. Prison War, Puffskirford, how are you tonight? Great. Good evening to you. Good evening to you, too. I, I need to step away from the um, call for like two minutes, okay? So if anybody comes on... I'll go hold them, all right? All right, I'll do that. All right, thank you. Hello. 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 Yes, sir. No one else is on. It's just you and me, I guess. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Good. Uh, so you have a um, um, doctor's appointment tomorrow? Yes. It's at 2 o'clock here at Parma. Oh, it's close. Yeah, it's close to me. Uh, I, I expect to be home no later than a quarter of three, but uh, if if there's something else going on they want me to do, uh, it might be after three, but I don't think so. They mm-hmm. should have plenty of time to do what they want to do. All right. I just, um, um, just please uh, open up with prayer, please. Sure. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. We bless your holy name. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather once again before your throne and discuss things of the kingdom. Lord, we just thank you. We praise you. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and God bless. Um, so it's just us and uh, 
I just sent an email and created a closed group, EMFI Ministries, on Facebook, notifying everybody that there will be a uh, conference call at eight, uh, 7 o'clock Monday evening. This Monday? Concerning, yes, Monday evening. Uh, okay. Concerning, um, just an update, you know, here before the conference. Uh-huh. And, um, so I'm going to let you know, uh, Sister Shank will probably see it on the computer. Okay. And, um, just to kind of give everybody a, uh, update. Okay. And just give a chance to, just to call. Mm-hmm. Um, Somebody's calling in now. You're you're kind of muffled. You say I'm muffled now? Right now I am. Yeah, you're you're a bit muffled. Yes. Well, praise the Lord. Who's on the call? Just came on. Oh, praise the Lord. God bless you, Pastor Melinda. Uh, let me uh, move something so I won't be muffled. Hold on a second, please. Okay. God bless you, Pastor Melinda. Um, I know you're on the speakerphone because I can tell you it sounds like you're in the back of the room. Okay, I'm here. <laughs> How are you this evening? Good, thank you. How's everybody? Elder Shanks, you asked, uh, did you hear? Yes, I heard. Yes, uh, this is Elder Shank. Um, very Hi. good. Uh, how are you? Good, good, thank I'm really good. So, um, this is the you know a roundtable uh, discussion on uh, Thursday night at eight o'clock, and uh, I'm not sure if um, I, I didn't put out any notifications. Not sure who's going to come on. Just going to give a brief update, and perhaps we'll be off of the uh, call. I've got a little um, a few things I need to do uh, before. Um, uh, we leave tomorrow, um, Pastor Melinda. We're headed to um, Columbus uh, tomorrow afternoon to speak at um, um, somebody's church, and some of the things are going. And I've got to get some things done. Um, but um, just updating, I sent an email to everybody that's uh, uh, part of EMFI. And I created a closed group, EMFI Ministries, on Facebook just a few moments ago. And I'm not done. I don't, uh, I've got to work it to make sure that everybody gets a notification so that they can join. Um, and it will be a mechanism uh, on social media uh, for everybody uh, for easy communication. Um, as a reminder... In 2013, I believe, December 2012, or either December 2013, I don't remember. Um, I had a, uh, a dream, a vision, or whatever, and the Lord spoke to me and uh, told me to have a uh, leadership call, uh, create a leadership call 
via teleconference to people and discuss things concerning leadership. <clears throat> so, um, excuse me, so eight months later I started it. It was in August, uh, I think, of 2013. And um, we've been, you know, sharing that and some of our past discussions are on uh, the Apostles Roundtable through um, www.talkshoe.com forward slash one two nine nine eight eight, and uh, so this is a, a mechanism where we have a, a vehicle where we discuss uh, things pertaining to the kingdom. Uh, we do teaching. We ask others to come on and uh, to share, to facilitate, uh, and. Um, also a method we use for communication. So on this Monday at 7 o'clock, uh, I send an email to everyone and um, communicating through this uh, closed group on Facebook about a teleconference meeting that probably will uh, last about a half hour to update everybody on where we are with the conference and other uh things that uh, pertain to the MFI ministry and things that uh, need to come together uh, in the future as the Lord directs. And uh, just want everybody to, uh, I can just tell you verbally, that'll be Monday at 7 o'clock. If you can't make it, you can always uh, actually go on the computer and listen to the uh, conversation. Um, I sent the call ID uh, also with the emails, not the same as this one. I think it's 130180. So um, in the past few weeks, we've been talking about uh, governmental leadership and we've been discussing uh, about eldership in the uh, in the church, in the body of Christ. We've been talking about pastors and et cetera. And um, I remember last week, Elder Shank, I mm-hmm. thought I gave an, I thought I gave everybody to come on an assignment, didn't I? Yes. Elder Shank. Yes, sir. Do you remember what that assignment was? We had an assignment for Wednesday. I I remember that. Okay, I thought we had one for the night too, and I'm and I don't recollect what it is, but yes, we have one for Bible class. Well, I'll just skip over that then. So we've been talking about eldership in the uh, in the church. So Pastor Melinda, if I can just uh, pull you into the conversation, um, we've been talking about eldership uh, as it relates to what the Bible says it is, and then of course what actually exist in the quote church because God's a God of order and there are some things that are out of order in the uh, functioning functioning in the in the church. So uh Pastor Melinda if I can just ask what are your thoughts on eldership? What are elders how are they supposed to function in the uh in the body or the church? If I can just ask you, please. 
Are you there? Maybe I lost her. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. There she is. Pass the order, please continue. What were you going to say? Okay, I've lost it. Elder Shank, uh, can you just kind of refresh us as we've been discussing, kind of just give us an overview of what we were talking about as eldership in the church? Eldership in the church is uh, primarily for local church uh, administration and pastoring and uh, taking care of the uh, the body of Christ that they are related to, uh, generally speaking, uh, eldership is generally uh, attached to a local congregation and uh, the uh, responsibilities are commensurate with the with the local body. Amen. So um, what, what uh, do you, would you consider as um, uh, responsibilities? Uh, the teaching and preaching of the Word, uh, the administration of, of the church business, and uh, being... Uh, responsible for the well-being of this congregation. Okay. Uh so who who can who can become elders in the uh in a local assembly according to uh the way uh it's been functioning in the church today. What's the requirements of a person? For them to well, walk into that, the uh, the elder should be the husband of uh, one wife. Should be uh, taking care of his household uh, in a godly manner, and uh, being uh, a man of even temper temperament and uh, one who is not uh, a drunkard or consumer of uh, alcoholic beverages. So is it, ex- is it exclusive for just men? No, women can be elders also. Um, uh, go ahead, please. They're uh, their requirements or responsibilities are same or uh, likewise what what the uh, male elder would be in charge of. They would be similar in function and uh, be uh, responsible for the same things that uh, male elder would be. Okay. If uh, more than one elder, they're 
there could be a division of responsibilities then. To, to you and, of course, Pastor uh, Melinda, then why why in Timothy does it say, uh, um, the, you know, it talks about the bishop, talks about deacon being the uh, husband of one wife. Is that, does that, is the interpretation of that to mean it can only be men? Pastor Melinda, you can engage in this conversation if you desire. Um, you're asking me a question? Well, I'm asking you, I'm asking uh, not just you, you and Elder, Elder Shank. We're talking about eldership, and the Bible says uh, the bishop or the deacon has to be the husband. So the bishop has to be a husband of one wife. Yeah. And and um, which uh, face value says it's talking about men. So can women be bishops? Can women be elders? Can women be deacons? I, I believe so. So and so do I. But here's the question: Then why does the scripture say husband of one wife, which is a male? Well, um, in the Bible, there's lots of places where it refers to man and mankind. Uh, in the we know that the Bible is in the language often uh, patriarchal. But uh, I don't think that refers always to men only. So I do believe that women could hold uh, ministry offices, of course, whether it be uh, the fivefold ministry or, you know, operating in the spiritual gift. We know that in Christ, there is no male nor female, there's no rich nor poor, there's no, uh, uh, you know, division or with God. Uh, so, um, I an equal opportunity, uh, God who gives whosoever will, you know, God gives his gift and calling to that he wishes oh, God is the giver of, of all of these things. Amen. Oh, thank any, any comments? Yeah. Any comments? Yeah. Uh, the, the precedent for women being in leadership was uh, pretty well established back in the book of Judges when Deborah was in the role of judge and she and Barak uh, had a had a war against I I can't remember who but they were, they were at war and they were leaders in the, in the battle itself so a woman leader is uh established uh, pretty early in, in biblical history. Miriam also was in leadership uh, under uh, Moses and Aaron. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, go ahead, please. 
Please continue. I, I can't hear you because it's kind of hard because, you know, I know you're going to speak, but it's hard to hear you. Please continue. I just, I just commented that that uh, example that Elder Shank just uh, talked about is continuing throughout the New Testament as well, even when you look at the structure of the New Testament early church and the book of Acts. Yes, yes. And uh, we didn't cut you off, did we? Pastor Melinda, are you there? I'm here. Okay. So I wanted to say that uh, in the um, Old Testament, we see the pattern, and we see the pattern in the New Testament. Uh, If you remember what I said from the beginning, that... um, we were talking about elders for maybe about a month now. Yeah. And the idea the idea of, of elders in Scripture is supposed to, uh, they're supposed to be uh, men and women that are mature in Christ. Yes. And that are to, because, of, because they're placed in leadership, they're supposed to help the uh, uh, other members of the body to grow, mature, you know, in their uh, in their uh, uh, relationship with the Lord, they're supposed to help them to grow in maturity. And um, I said that uh, deacons are a type of elders, bishops are a type of elders, pastors are a type of elders, teachers, apostles, and prophets. It, it, it is it, it is an elder it is an eldership, if you will with different mantles and different, you know, different functions. But it's the mature, it's the realm of the maturity called ones to uh, the body of Christ. As we know, according to Ephesians, for the equipping of the saints, you know, work of the ministry and the edifying of the body of Christ, which is the perfecting of the body of Christ. So um, uh, in the uh, book of Acts, as you mentioned, they had a... um, the pattern of leadership, and uh, uh, welcome you, Dr. Deneen. The pattern of leadership in the scripture was an eldership. It was a plurality of eldership as the uh, leadership. In Acts chapter 20, for example, verse 28, Paul addresses the elders at Ephesus. So he addressed the leadership of Ephesus. And it was not just one person, it was a plurality of leadership. Uh, yes. They had pastors and et cetera, et cetera there. Of course, when you, when you have a plurality of leadership, multiple leaders in a ministry, one person has to have what we call the final say. But it's a, share, it's a shared idea model of ministry in the body. Now, what we're used to, and, and, and I'm going to give everybody an uh, opportunity to speak here, what we used to, the pattern that we are, have been raised in, is one person sitting in that seat of leadership. Uh, but that's not, the bibli- that's not exactly the biblical pattern. Even in the Old Testament, you had Moses, and the Lord gave him uh, elders, if you will, if I can use that term. And his elders, his leadership group, 
consisted of Aaron, the high priest, Miriam, the prophetess, his sister, and Joshua. And so um, I, I, I know that might sound foreign to us about plurality of leadership. Uh, even in the Church of Jerusalem in Acts 15, uh, the apostles and whatever prophets came to Jerusalem to discuss, you know, the gen, you know, uh, people telling uh, Gentiles that they needed to be um, circumcised, you know, for salvation and so on and so forth. You know, uh, like the like Judaism had said the law, and they had a discussion. But finally, James spoke up, stood up, and spoke up because he had the final say. But there was a plurality of leaders that had gathered, including Paul. So others, didn't anyone share something? Uh, or, no, just uh, coming in and getting up to speed, please. <laughs> so uh, we have, uh, it's a different model. I, I mentioned this before, it's a different model. It's a different pattern of... Um, of leadership. Uh, the pattern is also mentioned in Exodus 18 when Jethro comes and sees what Moses is doing, standing up all day, addressing the issues of the children of Israel. And he says to him, the thing you're doing is no good. You're going to wear the people out and you're going to wear yourself out. And he said, amen, you know, gather, you know, people that can be over a thousand, over a hundred, over ten, etc. Let them deal, let them uh, judge, let them, as I was saying, administer uh, leadership to the people uh, so that they help him. And so uh, it's a pattern, as I said, it's a pattern in uh, leadership because. What was going to happen to Moses? He was going to he was going to wear out. And a lot a lot of times leaders do wear a lot of times leaders do wear out. They burn out. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I know I've done it myself. But I've also experienced it by hearing sometimes uh, people get in the pulpit and uh, their message change, and it sounds like they're it sounds like they're really talking out of their flesh. And sometimes they are, and one of the reasons why is because they they become burned out and they need to rest. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll make this last statement. One of the things about leaders, and I'm going to include myself in this, that we need to take vacations. And a lot of times we don't. And there's a wear and tear, a pull, a drain, because there needs to be what a time of uh, rest, vacation, of refreshing. Yes, please. Whoever's going to say something. No one. So since you're also quiet. <clears throat> When leadership is away, the message 
people that speak for them, speak to the congregation, should be like the people there um, in uh, Exodus 18. They need to they need to be spiritual aligned to the pastor, <clears throat> have what I call the DNA of leadership, you know, spiritually connected, and the sound. They're not going to mimic the preacher, mimic the leader, mimic the pastor. But the sound, the spiritual sound that comes out of their voice should let them know that almost like the pastor's there. Yes. Yeah. What were you all going to say? Someone? Comments on that? Yeah. I, yeah I, I, go ahead. I just wanted to comment that uh, I just thank God personally for uh, this topic because uh, it's clear to me that God wants me to know more about this topic since we are just beginning to hold leadership meetings at our church. And so this is a topic that uh, is very timely for me to understand the whole process of leadership in the church and, and how that works. So I'm all ears, and, and I just, you know, wanted to say I'm thankful for, you know, God leading me to to realize that this is something that, that I need. So I, I thank God tonight. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, we thank the Lord, too. I, I want to say uh, two people have told me, since I've been on the call, two people have told me, I've been on the call, that my voice sounds muffled. And uh, perhaps it is because I've got an old landline phone I'm talking on, not my cell phone. Um, so I'm going to um, call in on my cell phone, too. And uh, switch phones. If you don't, if you all give me a, uh, you, you give me a please continue. Yes, I can hear you okay. Uh, so as far as I'm concerned, it's okay. I can hear you okay. One, one moment. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Pastor Bauman? So, yeah. So can well. you all hear me better? Yes. Can you hear me better? Can you hear me better now? Yes, we can hear you more clearly, yes. But yes, it right. Great, and I can hear you better, too. So, um... So, um, let's see, where was, where was I? Um, uh, I'm sorry, well, I'm part, go ahead. You were uh, talking about uh, being burnt out. Um, we don't always take vacations. Pastors don't always take vacations. And yes. we need the time of refreshing, and I missed the part after that. Yes, I don't remember either what I said, but... Uh, allow me to um, allow me to say the, the different the difference of what we call fivefold ministry apostolic ministry is that we have to take a look at the people in our congregations 
and deal with them as leaders. We have to we have to look at them as leaders and attempt to train them as leaders because we have to understand everybody, whether they have a title or not, has some kind of influence. Um, there's a feedback on the call now. <laughs> uh, hello? Maybe it's me. I, I don't know. But... Um, Nevertheless, is everybody there? Yes. Yes. Because um, I hung up the uh, landline. Maybe that was a noise. Um, so plurality of leadership. You see the pattern in uh, Scripture. Um, there's a church in the city of Cleveland called Covenant Community Church. And the former pastor was named um, Elder uh, Lawrence Boone, and now they have a new pastor called Elder Burge, and I can't remember his first name. Eddie. Well, Eddie Burge. Well, the name of that church. The name of that church changed. It was changed into Covenant Community, and I can't remember what the name of the church was prior to that. And one of the reasons why the name of that church changed is because. Elder Boone came into an awareness uh, that um, church, if you will, the the local church was actually a covenant community. It was a group of people bonded by covenant in the Lord, not not a loose get, not a loose gathering, not a loose confederacy. You know, not a lot of just different people coming. Together, I don't know what that was, but um, uh, a, a bonded group. Now, I say I say that to say because everybody, if we begin to treat everybody like a leader and not just like a, a church member, we will be able to see their potential, uh, their identification of, of who they are, how they're mantled. And we will encourage them because your greatest asset in any ministry is the people that you have there. Um, yes. So we're we're attempting to train train leaders. So one of my passions is to be able to pour into people's lives. Um, uh, I, I'll just share the thought. I just shared a thought that came to me when you allow people to. When you pour into people's lives and you allow them to draw close to you, you actually um, take the chance of putting your, letting your guard down. And uh, it's people that are close to you that uh, have the uh, uh, ability to hurt you, if if you if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And um, so, uh, plurality of leadership. So. If I can just go, it's eight thirty-five. If I can just go to each person, can, can you think about one one question that you may have about leadership? About leadership, just one question that we want to address. One question per person. Well, uh, if I can comment on something you just said just now, uh, where 
there's the danger of being hurt when you let people get close to you. I would say that uh, I certainly have experienced that uh, as a, a pastor, that probably everyone else has too. And you know how church people, like the average saint, you know, talks a lot about being hurt in church, right? You know, they're always getting hurt, you know, whether it be the leadership hurts them or another saint hurts them. And everybody has church hurt. It's very common. So people talk about that a lot, but people don't talk much about how leaders also get hurt. And we've all been betrayed. And we've all had people who we thought were committed, and then suddenly they're out the door, and you never hear from them again. And it's very uh, it's very difficult. And it could lead to issues of not trusting, not wanting anyone to, to get close to you, not putting anyone into any position uh, because what if it doesn't work out? You know, what if another hurt takes place? And so, you know, I, I recognize that in myself that that has happened over the years. And, but yet and still, you know, how we teach the people, we just have to allow God to heal uh, those hurts when they take place and just have enough courage to trust again, uh, you know. And uh, so we, we have to do the same as leaders. Amen. Very, very good. And, and one one thing about one thing about ministry, uh, there's always going to be people that are coming, and there's always people going to be going, and then there's always going, and and it's leaders' responsibility to be sensitive enough and close enough to God to know that when people come, are they coming to stay or are they coming to leave? Because some you know. It's it's a pattern. It's a pattern. Everybody experiences this. People, everybody that comes to your ministry is not supposed to be there forever. Some of them are just passing through to receive, to have a deposit placed into them. And uh-huh. one of the one of the things in the older church. Well, there's a, there's a religious mindset that gets upset when people come and and they leave. Some some of them are supposed to leave, and and I just say that some of them were never supposed to come, and you should be glad they're gone. Well, that's a, uh, that's a hard that's a hard well, thing. I would yeah. say that a lot of people leave for the wrong reason. Now, I don't think anyone has a problem with people leaving for the right reasons because we know that's of God. But when people leave for negative reasons... I, I can barely hear you now. Often, can you hear me okay now? Yes. Often when people leave church, most of the time it's for the wrong reasons. 
So that, that's a problem. Yes, so it, it, can, it can be, yes. Sometimes people join a church for the wrong reason, too. So yes. uh, those are the people that were never meant to be there and depend upon the reason why they join. Some people join because of maybe what's being handed out there or or the blessing that's on that particular house. They're up under the roof, so they're getting the blessings, but they may care nothing about the pastor of that church. <laughs> I, I know where that's going on at. So sometimes people even join for the wrong reason. Uh, you're correct. I, to- I, totally, I totally agree with that. So there's a, there's a, there can be a variety of reasons, uh, and you're right, uh, um, Pastor Melinda. I think it was you, or I think it was you that said leaders are sometimes hurt, and then you have to ask, and then you have to ask the question, as we talk about leadership, who does the leader go to when they're hurt? To some other uh, <clears throat> leader who has a little bit more maturity or more experience in dealing with the hurt Do you have. Uh, the best person to get uh, help from is somebody who's already been through it. Yes. And and one of, one of the things, I'll, I'll say this to, to Lee, I'll say this to us, who are all leaders on here. Uh, if, you're, if you're pastoring, you, ha- you have to be selective of what you share with mm-hmm. members that you pastor, you have to, you have to be you have to be careful of that. Uh, um, anybody know what that noise is? <laughs> uh, anyway, you have to be careful about that because uh, potentially the person receiving that that you may uh, be your member, they now become a target a uh, ploy, if you will, they can be, of the enemy to use that information against the leader. Right. And and sometimes the member can't handle the information. Uh, Allow allow me to say this because I'm kind of going off now. Allow Allow me to say this. When we when we allow people to come into our inner circle, they not only see your strengths, they see your weaknesses. And it has to be a very praying, uh, mature leader, uh, mature member that can handle being in the presence of your weakness and not... I don't know what this noise is, <laughs> and uh, and not uh, allow that your weaknesses to affect you, uh, to affect them, and be able to keep the weakness without exposing your weakness to other people. Um. Yes, it's, you know, um, uh, as you said, it almost sounds like somebody's coughing. Oh, that's, I thought that was a dog. <laughs> I thought that was someone's dog. <laughs> okay. um, 
nevertheless, uh, I, I probably could talk one evening on the dynamics of uh, leadership in the inner circle. You know, how how much do you share with people? Because when you let when you let when you let people in your circle, you have to be willing to trust them. Right, trust is uh, uh, invaluable. It's necessary. And if I may interrupt, uh, I remember years ago, before I ever got into ministry myself, I used to look at a lot of churches, and I, I noticed that the whole leadership was the, their family. So it was the husband, the wife, the children, maybe a sibling, maybe a, a nephew. And I didn't understand that. Why was the whole leadership, the pastor, the worship leader, the Sunday school teacher, why was it all the same family? You know, I, I didn't understand that. But then uh, later uh, I learned that a lot of times your family members, your own blood family, are the only people you can really trust and that are really committed. And, that, you know, there's less of a chance that they will betray you and walk out. And, you know, since you're talking about, uh, you know, they're not going to expose you or, you know, have a meltdown. You know, sometimes you just got to stick with your own family, literally. Yes, that is uh, that, that that is true. Sometimes there are churches that where they only trust their own family, but then there's there's another side to that also. Yes. Some people some people sitting in the congregation can look at that, and they call that a family run church, right? Where there's a where there becomes a ceiling. There's a ceiling now that you can only you can only rise in that ministry so high. Because if you're not part of the family, you're not going to. If, if you're not going to, you're going to hit the glass, the invisible ceiling. Uh, you're, but you're right, Pastor Melinda. That those do exist, and and uh, there are uh, family churches that uh, run everything. Uh, didn't mean you were going to say something. You could be in a church and and be in the family and hit, hit the ceiling too, hit the glass ceiling as well. So it, all of this is different ways things can work. So, um, you know, it could be the opposite effect, too, because people see that maybe it's getting ready to, ready to be a family church, you know, people start blocking. But uh, from my experience, I just learned that maybe family was there from the beginning, and they just happen to still be there hanging on while other people are going through a revolving door. They're coming in, they're leaving out, but some of the family members are just still uh, there, you know, assisting. So uh, then it begins to look like a, a family church, but those are some of the ones that have hung in there down through the years. Yeah. Well, I, I they agree. Got gifted. Yeah. 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 So we can work both ways. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that, uh, you know, you guys were just talking about, you know, people leaving and people coming and going, and that that's always the reality of church, which I agree with that. 
there were always people who come and go and who were not supposed to stay and all of that. But on the other hand, uh, just, you know, by my observation over the years, I've seen that churches who succeed and grow are those who have a core group of people and a core group of leaders that do not leave. They're stable. They're right, almost right. The, the posts that hold up the building. And right, those they, are the pillars. Yeah, they, they do not leave. And it's almost like you, you have to have that, you know, if you're trying to plant a church. Right. Start scratch. You have to have a core group that's going to be there because you have to have something to build on. Right. And there, ha- there has to be stability there in order to see the success. Right. So, so true. You go ahead, Denny. Yeah, and that's true. That's why some of people are stable, and some of them are just passing through to get what they need to go to the to whatever their next stop is. So, you know, I agree with that. But uh, I want to go back to the part about uh, where you were saying where do leaders go when they need to, uh, you know, talk to someone or whatever. And I know Elder Shank mentioned about. Uh, go to one, a person who's had that experience before. Well, you can't necessarily, uh, and I'm not attacking Elder Shane, but you may just have that core group of people that you're close to, and they may not have uh, experienced what you're going through, just like uh, Job and his friends. His friends hadn't experienced what Job was going through, but they were there to, you know, be in the circle there and listen and just let him, uh, you know, talk out whatever the, the situation is. So I, I don't believe I'm going to go searching out like, oh, okay, I, you know, this just happened to me. Let me go find a person or put out on Facebook, well, anybody had this experience? You know, get, you know most likely you're going to have a, a close-knit of people that you can probably talk to. Like you say, your inner circle. Jesus had the 12, but then he had that inner, inner circle. Am I right? You know? Yes. So he still had the, that closer, that circle that came in tighter uh, to him. And I think that's how, you know, we are. Sometimes we have a, at least two people, you know, if not more, but there's just that inner, inner. I, like I've probably mentioned before, I have two people that have gone down through the years with me or whatever. Whether they agree with me 100%, but they were there to listen. And if I needed somebody to pick me up, they were there to pick me up and vice versa. I can do the same for them. And sometimes I found out that they can go to a greater capacity for me than I could with them. But that's where they were gifted at to help me where I couldn't flip it and, and help them in that same area like that. But maybe somebody else was able to. They Somebody else had the strength to pick them up in that particular situation. And I don't know if that that sounds right if anybody is understanding that, but what I'm saying is sometimes you, a person could go to longer haul than you. Like if you call on this person, if they called on you to do the same thing, you might not be able to do it to 100% capacity like they could have done it for you. Amen. Um, there's a uh, scriptural uh, example with David. Everybody everybody knows about uh, Jonathan who was uh, – you know, their souls were knit, you know, and, you know, they had this genuine godly love with each other. But there was another man in the Old Testament. I think the man's name was 
I think his first name was Hushai the Archite. And the Bible says, uh, Scripture says that when uh, David's father-in-law, Bathsheba's father, whose name was uh, Ahithophel, I think his name was, when he tried to um, basically have David killed, uh, the Bible says Hushai the Archite was David's friend. The Holy Spirit writes his friend, and he helped David in that tough time. And uh, he was not, he, he didn't have a title. Are you there? Alpha Griffin? Yeah, I'm here. Alpha Griffin, are you still there? Sounds like you may have dropped. Oh, my. Hopefully he'll call back if he realizes. Uh, I'm sending him a message on the computer. Technical difficulties tonight. Yeah. Dr. Shane, you still there? Okay. <laughs> I'm still here. Wow. I'm still here. E- even after your attack, I'm still here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, Denise, are you there? Yes, I am. I sent hey, him well. a message on Talk Show. <laughs> hey. How you doing? Yes. I'm doing Long great. Time Huh? Yes, it has. Long time. Are you, are you on vacation? Yeah, this week. I go yeah, back I and forth my day. Okay, I saw that on Facebook. Oh, yeah, with my uh, friend. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, it was a nice day. Relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Are you taking a vacation anywhere while you're on your summer break here? I've been taking a couple of little trips here and there, but, uh, you know, otherwise just uh, resting mostly. Okay. Yeah, so, I you went to the wed- a wedding. Yes, uh, my cousin. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. So, just trying to enjoy the, the summer, I guess. <laughs> so, how how is everything coming for the uh, conference? Uh, I'm not a part of that uh, committee. Okay. So I don't I don't really know. Uh-huh. All I know is. Is what what part I have to play? That's all. <laughs> okay, you staying in your lane. Well, hey, yeah, right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, no. wait a minute. I don't think he knows he's off the call. I'm sending him a, a message on Facebook. Yeah, I should text him or something. 
Oh my goodness, his phone died. Oh, his phone died. Okay, let me let me oh. check to see if he's going to be calling back in on his cell phone. Oh, he said he's calling now, so he must be calling back through the house phone. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Phone died. Hello. Hello. What's the last thing you heard me say? You've been going for about five minutes. What's that? You've been going on for about five minutes. Really? I was talking to myself. <laughs> you, you, Somebody you gave Huh? You were talking about uh, Jonathan being a friend to David. <laughs> <laughs> did did you did you all hear me say that if I told Deneen something? Did you hear me say that? No. no. I, two people talking at the same time. Somebody said yes and somebody said no. No, no. we all said no. You did not hear that. No. Well, let me let me just share that now. Be finished. I was saying that if I shared some information with Deneen, for example, my expectation is that she uh, keep that information and she tells no one that it doesn't go any further than her. And I said, if she does betray my trust, and I'm using this example, it's my kingdom responsibility, it's my uh, godly responsibility to forgive her and not to build up a wall, not to be bitter because she did that. And that's what happens a lot of times in the body of Christ. People betray trust and hurt us and whatever. And then we become um, sus- we become suspicious of them and suspicious of other people. And it's hard for us to lead properly uh, when that happens. Amen? Amen. Any, anything else? Yeah, if, if someone betrays your... Uh, confidence. Uh, do you ever share with them after that, or is there a period of time that has to, has to go through, or uh, are they persona non grata for the rest of their lives? Are, are they what? Persona non grata. They're not welcome people. Are they banned for the rest of their life? Are, are, yeah. are they are they what abandoned? Uh, banned from listening to anything else for you sharing any other information with them. Once they have betrayed you, Elder Shank was saying. Once they have betrayed you, will you trust them again? So that's a very good. That's a very good. That's a very good question. Uh, true. True. Forget. True forgiveness. True biblical forgiveness uh, is to uh, be and act as if, you know, reconciliation and act as if the situation never happened. That's true. I don't, I don't, huh? I, I don't, I don't totally. I, I only agree with that to an extent. Okay. Because okay, well, you may, you you let may. Me, let, okay, me, let, me, you, let me finish the statement first. Let me finish the statement. Okay. Let me finish the statement. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if if 
you know, I know I know what happens in the world. I mean, in the church environment, I know what happens in the church environment. I'm only speaking what the scripture says, and I know what happens in reality, which is not exactly what the scripture says. But you know, the Bible talks about winning your brother. If a brother has an ought against you, whatever, you know, it it talks speaks about reconciliation and about winning your brother or sister, and that talks and that's that's reconciliation. Reconciliation is you come back into relationship as brother and sister. Now you may be you may be cautious and you may be wise, and it may take time for that relationship of trust to be built back. But we're not supposed to be what uh, acting as if I'm still hurt. So please go ahead, Denise. Okay, I, you know what I I believe to you can reconcile too. But like you said, there's wisdom going to come in, right. and you may not share information because I can tell you that I have forgiven a person probably over 50 times for doing the same thing and had not learned my lesson until I wised up, got a little bit older, a little bit more mature. You know, sometimes information was going on. You're like, hi, you only told this one and maybe that one. And they looking like it wasn't me. And I'm talking over, you know, down through the years. So I got to a point of like, okay, uh, one elder told me some years ago before he died, he said, the next time you want to talk to somebody, he said, go outside and talk to a light pole. Because <laughs> 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 he heard the information that went out, and he knew where it came from. He was, you know, but he didn't want to say, you can't trust that person. He just said, the next time you want to talk, go to go outside to a light pole, look up at the light pole, and tell the light pole whatever it is you want to tell somebody else, in other words. But so in order to keep fellowship now with with people, there, I just don't share information. I don't just because I'm going to reconcile with you does not mean necessarily that I have to share with you. Evidently, you're not the, you're not the core. You're not the core that I'm supposed to be with. You're not my inner circle. I agree. I agree. You're you're not anymore. I don't disagree with that. Okay. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, you have to you have to use wisdom now because people. Get, but you should not have any hard feelings to them or uh, bitterness and if if there's ever the opportunity of course you can do good for them you, you know you should everything did I did I answer the question <laughs> I, I, oh yes I, I think you did would you would, before I get back to the meeting I was saying you want to comment anymore uh, no that was just the question I had Janine, please. No, I, I really don't have any any more com, uh, um, comments on that. But you know, I, I like I said, I forgot date the person over and over again. And after you see that it's a pattern, then you just use the wisdom and you don't deal with them in that capacity. And just like you said, just to keep the the, the harmony there, that you know how to, not to go in that arena. Because oh, this is where I, I thought about. When you said people cannot handle, some people may not be able to handle what you have to say to them or what you want to share uh, with them. And that's something that I found out. Even with me one time, 
uh, a person told me, uh, um, not that they thought I was going to go blab it, but I was already sensing something about something going on. And then the person, they sat down, they talked to me. It was like they wanted to relieve themselves or whatever, what was on their mind. And they said I had to wait until I, I knew or they felt that I could handle it. And I told them, I said, well, I already kind of sensed it or whatever, but just even though I sensed it, I didn't approach them on it. But when they were ready to talk about it, then they shared that information you know, with me, and it didn't go anywhere, but it was something that they had to, you know, uh, release from themselves and, and find an ear to put it on. Okay. Uh, anyone else? Uh, just a thought. Uh, what, <clears throat> what if you discern something that somebody has that they're trying to keep secret and you know through the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, that they are in sin or what have you. Uh, what? That they may be in sin or something. That, uh, how, how, how do you approach that person? I mean, is it a leader or is it a uh, uh, perhaps another individual in the congregation? Uh, actually, could be both. So you discern that someone's in sin, right? Right. Well, the Bible says concerning an elder, you know, you have to have two what witnesses to bring an accusation right. against right. them. Galatians chapter 6 says, if you know that your brother is overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, you know, go to them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's what I see. That's what I have to say. Okay. I can deal with that. Um... Anyone else? Pastor Melinda, are you still there? Oh, she's gone. Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, we thank the Lord uh, for the call. And um, uh, please know that I created a... um, private group for EMFI Ministries. And Denise, you're still on the call right now, right? I'm still here. And I just have a question before we uh, leave. And that is, is I... Do you okay, want to stop I, the recording? I, I see it. Okay, I see. I see. I'm okay. Um, I created... This. I'm just trying to see what Okay, I'm I'm fine. Nevertheless, any last questions or comments? No. No, I think we have a pretty good discussion tonight. Amen. Well, we thank the Lord for you, and um going to be gathering tomorrow at three o'clock, right? Um, right. Also for Oshank and um, Denise. 
you know how many people are coming together together with you? Okay, um, let's see. I have a Fanny, Danae, and Audrey. So we have room for two more. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I'll be there about two thirty, and or two or two thirty, nevertheless. Uh, God be willing, uh, Elder Shanker, after the call, would you give me a call, please? You want me to give you a call? Yes, sir. Okay. Good to hear from you all. God bless you. Love you all. And, uh, Denise, would you dismiss us in prayer? Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, uh, gathering, uh, coming together of, uh, holy minds, uh, thinking upon you, Lord and what you would have us to do and how you would have us to be in the kingdom. And we ask that you uh, bless us to uh, retain some of the information that is beneficial for us, that we take it away with us, and that we put it into practice for your name's sake. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.